Welcome into the podcast. We still don't have a name. Season one, episode two. David James. Jake. What are we going to do? Why haven't you come up with a name yet, Jake? I just called it insert this insert name here podcast. Come on, Jake. <laughs> you know I suck at this. I'm still thinking about it. All right. Maybe one of the listeners will help you out. Yeah, we need a name. Know. we got an RSL podcast here. We'll do some other soccer. It'll be mostly RSL. But the Women's World Cup is coming up. The Gold Cup is coming up. We'll get into some of that. But Jake Hatch, David James, talking RSL here. All right. So, season one, episode two. I'm getting hit up by people on uh, Twitter. You know, should we punch... Should we hit the old panic button right now? They've lost four in a row. I got the exact same thing just last night. Yes! Do it! Panic! What good is that going to do? Panic! There's panic in the streets! What's the end? The end of, t- what a great panic in the streets thing at the end of... Um, well, you've got... At the end of Animal House, everybody's got, running around, the got cars s- crashing into stuff. Semi-pro. Semi-pro. Everybody panic! Everybody panic! <laughs> I think that there are a lot of parallels between soccer and college basketball. Okay. There are multiple tournaments in college basketball. There are multiple tournaments in soccer. Uh, when you're early in a conference season, multiple coaches say, don't look at the records. Look at the records in relation to the home games. In both these sports, the home teams have a massive advantage. There is a slight advantage in the NFL. It used to be bigger. It's gone down yeah. as they built new stadiums. It's more corporate crowd. They aren't as noisy. True. You know, the, the new stadium in Denver is not mile high, but mile high you could stamp on and actually feel the thing move. And it was louder and more intimidating. There's more rich people in luxury suites sitting there eating cheese. Entertain me. Entertain me. <laughs> so the home, the home field win. Plus, people are on charters, and we know more about hydration. I read yes. Dick Butkus' autobiography, and, and they were drinking beer on a flight to a game. Yeah. That's not the way to prep for high-level act- athletic activity. So they fix all this stuff, yeah. and the win percentage comes down. Okay. It comes down in a lot of sports, and the charter flights have helped in basketball give the, the road team a little bit of a break. But in college basketball and soccer... Home field is a massive advantage. So college basketball coaches and RSL fans need to do this. College basketball coaches say, look at the record in relationship to the number of home games. So if you play five of your first eight on the road, you should be three and five. If you're four and four, you're plus one. If you're five and three, you're plus two. Yes. Now, maybe people are thinking, we shouldn't be five and three. We should be seven and one or eight. No. Well, you'll win when you get a bunch of home games. And I think it's the same thing in soccer. So when I look at what's happened early with RSL, I'm thinking they are three or four points off the pace they ought to be on. Okay. They shoulda, coulda, woulda. They should have two. Gotten a point at Seattle or at LA. Yeah. They played well enough to do it, and they didn't get the result. They should have gotten three points at home against FC Dallas. Now, they didn't come anywhere near it, and so FC Dallas fans could be upset about that, but that's a home game. You need three points. You didn't get it. You blew three points. So they're three to four points off where they ought to be right now. They were never getting it off to a fast start and jump up to the top of the standings. The team in the league that everyone should be looking at is Minnesota because they've gone out on the road early on. They played five straight road games because their new stadium's being finished, and they've taken nine points out of a possible 15. You take 60% of the possible points on the road in MLS. So you're way ahead of that You point. are in supporter shield territory. Yes. If they get home and keep this up, look out. Now, no one really believes Minnesota United is going to do it, but maybe they're having some kind of breakout season that's unexpected. 
You know, for RSL, you're out on the road, you're 0-3-1. Well, you've played the four best teams in the West and the best team in the East, and you played Vancouver. How many of those games did you really think you were going to D.C., Seattle, and L.A. and you were going to win? Realistically, I mean, I know the coach and the team can't say that. Yeah. It's the wrong mindset. But any impartial observer would think, oh, well, they're playing their toughest games of the year right up front. Right, you've Can't got fair, but you've got top third of the league, middle third of the league, bottom third of the league. You got home and road. If you're playing the top third of the league on the road, what's tougher than that? You don't want to let this spiral, though, DJ. I totally get. There's a human element. There's four and matches they, in a row. These guys have not gotten a result. Right, and I'm. But there's one that should bother people a lot more than the others. And True. That's Dallas at home. Yes, and, that, and obviously they gave up a goal in the first minute. That's on them. Yeah. Krylock gets the red card. That's on them. Mm-hmm. So there's two mistakes. Okay. And it's their fault. But I think any impartial person looking at the start at the schedule, at the start of the season, would say these are all going to be difficult. So you need the full three points against Vancouver. You need the full three points against FC Dallas, and that brings us to this week's match. You need the full three points against Orlando City because you'll probably pick up a couple points here or there in these other matches. But there's some killers here, and they got the point in Houston. And if they picked up one more, they're sitting on four points right now. If they were sitting on eight, tied with Kansas City, thinking we've played some of our toughest matches here, and they'd be talked about as. And a we're contender. tied for sixth, and we're only two points out of fourth. But they're not. So I'm saying don't panic. Okay. But you say you have to get results, and I agree. Orlando City Saturday night has got to be three points. It can't be one. It can't be zero. You can't take a red card. You are night and day a different team with different results when you take a red card and when you don't. You do, yeah. And the I think the FC Dallas match in particular was the, of the four matches. It's the one that screams. Game, it's the one that screams they right. kind of lost this. the script. Yeah. And you're right. Orlando, on paper, should be three points. But I'm worried about these guys going into this. They've seen... Shots go off the post. We saw Jefferson Savarino shot. He should have tied that match against Seattle. It clangs off the post. Uh-huh. I'm afraid it's starting to get in these guys' head. And I don't want I, – I, their collective head, I guess I should yep. say. I don't want to see that affect what's happening against Orlando, but I'm afraid it might. And it might. I can't argue with it might. But this is a group of guys who came two goals away from setting the club record for goals scored a year ago. So I figure they're going to get untracked. I think one of the reasons they haven't been scoring is A, they've been on the road against good teams. That's the hardest place to score. Yes. And B, they've spent a lot of time down a man, which is obviously going to impact your ability to create a lot of chances and finish some of them and get goals. That's a... And I, well, I think <laughs> yeah. that their ability to score goals, the regular season number... It can be a little squishy because you pile on six in a game where you got LA FC or LA Galaxy down and yes. you're piling on them. But in the playoffs, with everybody dialed in in the postseason, they went to LA and they scored three times. I know one was in one goal. They scored at home against Sporting. They scored twice on the road. They scored six postseason goals in three matches. Well, how much more do you want? You're averaging two goals a match against the best teams who are all in the in. highest. Yeah, everyone's exactly. dialed in. It's the postseason. I mean, this is it. So I don't doubt their ability to score goals. I think that evens out over time. If you want to panic, panic about the points you're dropping at home. Yeah. Because the ones you're going to drop on the road, how many teams? I know LAFC went in and did it Mm -hmm. and and won at DC United convincingly, and Rooney took the red card. Um, But not a lot of teams are going to do that. And LA looks like they're off the charts good. Um, 
Mike Pecky was saying that he thought L.A. and Sporting Kansas City were the two best teams in the league right out of the gate. Now, Sporting doesn't look like it when you look at the standings. They're in seventh place. But, you know, they had to play the Champions League game, and then that can impact your ability to prepare or run your best 11 out there. And if you do, then there's a fatigue factor. So it's the Champions League can always crimp your style a little bit. It's but true. Just deal with it. It's true. But we all knew about this road-heavy start to the season, DJ. Right. We saw the schedule lay out. I think it's nine of the first fifteen on the road. And, it and was, this is what I thought. We I feel like we're having the Jazz discussion again. We said they'd start slow. We said they'd pick up speed in the second half. And sure enough, but I think you win ten more games in the second half of the season than we win in the first half. But I think fans saw what they did in Houston pulling a 1-1 draw out of the Dynamo. And don't get me wrong, Houston, in terms of the pantheon of the teams RSL has played to this point, is very much at the bottom or towards the bottom of that list. And yet fourth in the West. True. Right. But you went and got a result. And they preached all preseason, all yep. training camp long. We're going to focus on defense. We know we have to get results on the road. And it's been yeah. one result on the road. And you said red cards have proven their undoing oh multiple times. But so, results are results. True. In the three games, they kept 11 guys on the field. They scored twice, yeah. and they conceded twice. Yes. and They won 1-0 at home. They lost 1-0 on the road on the turf in Seattle yeah. to a good Sounders team. It's off to a really good start. Came inches away from, from tying that match. And they played 1-1 in Houston. Mm-hmm. So you got four points out of nine when you only had one of those three at home. They're all against good teams. And by the way, they haven't played the top four in the West anymore because the Galaxy have hopped into the top four now. Okay, They, they were fifth, but they, they got a win and so up on 12 points now. They still play four of the top five in the West. So I just think don't panic. Stop taking red cards. The schedule will turn in your advantage. You know, and the schedule thing can be weak. You know, yes, if it, the Jazz or RSL were the best team in the league, <laughs> yeah. in either case, then they would be out there with this front-loaded schedule and they'd still be kicking butt. But you're talking about a team that these teams are coming off seasons where they showed they were better than two-thirds of the league, but not as good as the top third of the league. I f- but I feel like... So, if you play yeah. the top third of the league on the road... How do you think the Jazz and RSL are going to perform? Well, we've seen slow starts in both right. both instances here. And we've seen the Jazz rally, and I expect we're going to see RSL rally when they get to summer. Because right now it's road heavy, then it's going to turn into kind of a 50-50 situation, and then it's finally going to turn home heavy once we get to the summer. So I, it's 6 of 9 on the road to open things up. And it's 10 of 16 10 on of the 16. road. 10 of 16, okay. So it's still, you know, the schedule gets a little better. But and the thing is, I think the schedule is already starting to lighten up in terms of quality. I mean, Cincinnati is not, um, they're not an embarrassing team, but nor are they an awesome team, right? Yeah, they're two wins, two losses, two draws. They've got off so they're going to get Orlando at home, yeah, exactly. and then they're going to go to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's got off the field issues, Fernando Addy p- being picked up for... DWI. I don't remember what the exact term they did with him. So you're right. It's an opportunity over the next week here, Saturday, and then you have that away match at FC Cincinnati that you're looking at saying, pick up those six points, and I think RSL fans would actually be feel a lot better about themselves. That's ten points all of a mm-hmm. sudden. But I just worry about these guys coming into this match pressing. We've seen that we saw the Jazz do this at points this year, and that'll suck. If that happens. Yeah. If that happens. But we're talking about people who reached out to both of us after podcast number one and said, <laughs> should we panic? Yeah, it's no, true. 
No. If you drop two more home games, start panicking. Start panicking. Yeah, absolutely. But if they get back to the home games and they pick up some isolated points here and there on the road, they'll be fine because they ought to be rolling in some points come summer when they're playing a home heavy schedule. Yeah, you, 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 we'll talk about Rio Tinto being the fortress. I know that's what they called it for a long time. It is a decided home field advantage. It was, it was a fortress last year. It was. Fortress is a cliche that gets thrown around too easily. But it, but it was legit a fortress last teams year. Teams don't like coming to Salt Lake in the summer or pretty much any time of year because of the elevation, because of the weather conditions that right. can change so drastically. They don't like the altitude. Yeah. They don't like the snow. Mm-hmm. And then they don't, uh, they the don't like heat. the heat and yeah. the the uh, dry air. Yeah, and it, it wears teams a, out. So. A few teams will get lucky and come in on a 72-degree day. They still have to deal with the altitude, but they don't deal with the extreme weather. So I think you and I both agree here. The RSL kind of has to tread water at this point to right. get themselves to summer and then start piling up points. But so, they, but like you said, they've got to pick up at least three, you would hope, this Saturday. So there's a couple things that have to happen, I think, going forward. And we can explore these more in future podcasts. Okay, But... You know, so that because there are some people who are grinding their teeth, going, "I don't care about the top third of the league on the road. Get yeah, it done." I mean, I know true. that. I know people I, listen to that. So I've here's got the a deal: good, the good friend that reached out to me two days ago, at that time about the one right, person. They want two thousand nine through thirteen again. Exactly. That's exact. He's that's exactly what my buddy said, and he's been an RSL season ticket holder for a decade. And I hear from ours the bar was set, yeah. and now they want the bar matched. Yes. And I get that. So Dunny's been talking about the depth of this team. It's the best it's ever been. And okay. that is true. I've also seen Petke start to downplay it. And this is what I was told about depth um, by a Portland Trailblazer coach who I'd known for a long time after the Blazers lost to Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers. He's like, yeah, we're a deep team. We had 10 guys, but we can only play five at a time. And they have the best two players, Shaq and Kobe. So it's like we can't put eight guys out there. True. To, you know, yeah. that becomes the problem. Now, translate that to MLS. We see these clubs with these massive signings, and we see these guys who we know are going to score 15, 20, 25 goals. Does RSL have that kind of firepower to score in the clutch when they absolutely need a goal? Now, it turned out, I, I would say the answer. I thought was no. And then we got to the playoffs, and the answer was yes. They scored six times in three postseason games. Those are the biggest matches. What do you want? Now, you could argue they could have had an easier path to the playoffs. If they'd scored some clutch goals in the regular season, that's true. Yeah. So I think that RSL has a depth, and I think it shows a couple times. One, even though they didn't get the result in L.A., they played well there because they had depth. Because guys 15, 16, 17, and 18 exactly. can play. Because they have, depending on how you want to count it, at least six and maybe eight legit attacking players that they can run out there and look like a representative MLS club. But for the people who don't want to be a representative MLS club, who want 2009 through 13 again, do you need a couple of elite players at the top? You know, Is Seattle Seattle without Nicholas Ladero? No, absolutely not. But I think it goes back but to... Portland, with Diego Valeri, still is in Portland. You need the depth. Portland's just hemorrhaging goals right now. I mean, it's just stunning. They have given up... Well, we saw that... 15 goals through five matches. And we saw that mind the tail end of last year. Their, their defense really collapsed right. on them. So but, you, got, you have to have this deep team, this entire team that's good in yeah. all phases, anywhere on the field. But do you need to start at the top? And are these academy guys going to develop into the 15- or 20-goal guy that the other teams are going out and signing? Yeah, it's true. But I, L.A. I, is spending money on Carlos Vela. He's 31. You, he's, he's there. He's at the top. He's the player of the week. He's the player of the month. 
you know, so to compete with this top third of the league, especially when you're on the road, yeah. do you have guys who can match that level? So, and your answer right now is, if you're an optimist, maybe. Sam and Johnson pessimist, showed some good things the other no. night. Well, we haven't seen much out of him. But man, that one shot he uncorked, yeah. that, that had some power on it. That jumped off his foot. I did not expect it. That, that had a little wow factor going. And it was a little strange to see him get lifted in that match, because I thought he was one of RSL's best players on the field against mm-hmm. Seattle. I don't know if it was a combination due to turf. Conditioning, turf. Yeah. He hasn't gone 90 exactly. so. yet. And they do not want him to break down. And I think I don't, you're going to continue continue to see him play. But I also think, given their depth and the fact that they have more legit speed than they've had before, they want to rotate guys and keep them fresh. They want to sub guys out and keep them fresh. They yes. want to always be able to stretch the field. And they have had lineups on the field in the previous two years where they have not been able to stretch the field all the time. <laughs> and if Sam gets the minutes, then does Corey Baird? And if Sam and Corey do, then how do you get everybody else in? Tate Krylock's Schmidt. red card yeah. opened up a spot. Well, I don't know that people are that worried about Tate, and maybe they should be. Um, but, you know, Plata has been hurt. Krylock got a red card. Albert Rusnik went away on international duty. You know, there have been stuff that has opened up for some rotation, and once we get to summer with Open Cup in the middle and some Wednesday MLS games, yeah. you're going to need that depth. That depth will come in very handy. But in the biggest games, are, are, is one of these guys going to show? You know, Is Sam going to be a 15-goal guy? Crylock up top, he's up top for a whole season. Can he be a 15-goal guy? Or because guys are fresh, because guys don't break down because they play a bunch of minutes, are they going to score with this everybody chipping in six to eight to ten to twelve goals are they going to score score a club record 60 or 65 goals okay and do it without a 20 goal score and still get goals in the biggest minutes of the biggest games i but i think i think what you're saying is arsenal fans would like to believe that yeah but i i well i know for a fact this friend i was talking about that we talked about 20 mm-hmm. 2009 through 13 he wants that back well he said i want an alvaro Sabarillo. I want a guy who I can count on is going to go out there and bag goals at a high clip, a Carlos right. Vela type player. But at twelve goals, the, Krylock and Baird can do twelve goals. Yes, I don't think twelve is the question. And I think when they look around the league, yeah, Carlos Vela is not stopping at twelve. No, he's going. That's to, not. He's going to twenty twenty five. Yeah, right. and RSL fans would love to have a guy right. like that, but the club has not shown the deep pockets that other clubs have shown to go out and purchase Carlos Vela. Are they going to grow him? Did they find Crylock on the... Because Sabo wasn't a big, an enormous no. purchase. He was came over from Switzerland. FC Sion, if I'm correct. Right, you are. Yeah, you are. but you're right. They, I feel like they want a guy who they feel like in crunch time, we're talking five minutes to go in a match, mm-hmm. get him the ball and let him go do his thing. And you've got to hope that RSL can develop that because they've shown... In the world market right now, they're not going to pay the going rate for top-level striking talent. So you've got to hope that Corey Baird, you said a combination right. of those guys, is that answer. Or one of them blows up. Or one of them blows up. You're right. Yes. So you got to, I guess it's a long play if you're an RSL fan. You've got to just sit back and hope that what happened last year, like you said, they scored the second most goals in club history, yeah. comes true again. They start piling up points in the summer, and all of a sudden, they make that mid-season run. The problem last year was nobody wanted to defend. True. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's probably too harsh. Nobody. <laughs> no, they, they, they gave did. up too many goals. How's that? Here's the problem. They'll be free. I'll take that back. Let's just say they gave up too many goals. They did. They spent 
tons of time in camp when they went to Arizona and Hawaii yes. and California and all that, working on defending. When they've kept 11 guys on the field for the full game, they've given up two goals. Yeah. They can defend. They can do it. There's competition for the center back spots. I mean, Justin Glad was the man all of last season until the end of the year. I think he'll get back in the lineup. I'm not sure this weekend. He's, he's got to get back from that injury. Well, I think they've got a couple guys dinged up at center back it's now. It's So I think yeah, he's, well, got, he's got a shot now. Yeah. I think it's he and Beasler, mm-hmm. according to uh, Mike Peck at training on Tuesday. Okay. So one of those guys will have to start alongside Natum in all probability. I, so, uh, if you can get Justin on the field, put him out there. He's pretty, all right. So we'll see. Jay Catch, David James, the RSL Podcast. Suggest a name. Tweet a name back at us. Jake's in charge of the name. If I'm in charge of the name, I'll screw it up. <laughs> I will. I, I, I'm not good at this. I don't have the gift. So, Jake, you're in charge. Bonding with the listeners. I just thought of one, actually. Oh, yeah? About DJ and Yach soccer talk. Okay. That's a starting point. We can go with that. Yeah. Yeah, you like the little rhyming because you're yeah. a poet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Check us out. We're here every week. See you next week. See you at Orlando City Saturday night.